Welcome back to the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast, a show all about inspiring smart, busy women to put their happiness at the top of their to-do list. Join your host and life coach, Dion Thompson, as she chats with amazing women who have figured out how to make their happiness a priority, and more importantly, what it's really like to go from hot mess to awesomeness. And now, on with the show. Welcome everyone to the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast. I am your host and life coach, Dion Thompson. All right, let's meet my guest this week, Sheila Adels. Now, Sheila is a sexual health advocate and a firm believer that tapping into and grounding fully inside one's sensual self is the key to unlocking self-love and confidence. She knows that denying that part of ourselves can lead to fissures in our being, which for her cause depression, identity, identity crisis, and multiple suicidal lows. By reconnecting to her sexuality, she was able to glue the pieces of her soul back together. Now she shares her wisdom and helps to empower women all over the world. Welcome, Sheila, to the podcast. Thank you. (laughs) You know, when we met, feels like many moons ago, although, (laughs) again, I've said this before, time is like, going on fast forward and rewind all at the same time. So when we met, I instantly knew that you were my person. You have such a warmth and beautiful energy about you. And you are openly fucked up like the rest of us, which I think is the most important feature of an authentic human being is that we acknowledge and recognize that we have the lows, we have the highs, we're up, we're down, we're sideways, and we're fucking awesome through the whole, through all of it. And um, that is something that I see you advocating for women uh, in your community and in the work that we do together um, in our community. And, and I just love that. I love everything about you. And even though, like I said, you're on the other side of the continent, um, I feel you. And, and I'm so grateful that you have agreed to come and chat a little bit about your journey. Um, so now you are helping women to release some baggage and really tune into their bodies and their sense of self and, and develop a deeper sense of self-love. And I know that that wasn't always the case for you and that you had done some of that really deep work to get to this place. So I'd love for you to share with us today um, a little bit about your journey and what brought you from sort of some behind the scenes, not so great small townness to, and we might even talk about the ladybug infestation, but that's another thing. Um, to the empowering leader that you are today. Oh, um, well, I would say first off, it definitely wasn't a all at once journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> could, just, could everybody hear that? It's not an all at once journey. This is true for all. It, like, yes, we we package it up nice here on the podcast and be like, this is the thing that happened, and then I got like, great. No, it's. It's a, it's a bumpy in and out, back and forth, up and down road, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm um, almost to my 38th birthday. And to be honest, I would have thought I've handled my shit by now. (laughs) Um, Getting uh, up in years, I'm like, wow, you don't, you don't have this, you don't have this figured out by now. I mean, don't other, don't other people have it figured out by the time they're, you know, in their twenties and, and whatnot. And um, for a very long time, I always considered myself like behind the ball, you know, everybody was somehow um, way ahead of me. And really, 
what I found out was everybody was lying <laughs> and nobody had dinner. and I'm right there with everybody. <laughs> We're all just, you know, trying to put on a face so that uh, nobody sees all the, the shit that's going on behind the scenes. And, and I, I think that that is a huge root of why so many of us are struggling is because of that lack of just open <clears throat> this is what's going on you know like I've, I have this sense and maybe maybe it's not true but everything I've ever read it was true as far as like um if we went back to more of like when people were in smaller groupings and whatnot there wasn't a lot you could hide you know like you knew everybody's shit everybody was talking about it the women gathered together and everybody was talking and supporting and that's how it went. And now we don't really have that. And so for me, my journey kind of was a um, getting to the point where I was just so fucking pissed at being in this spot I was in. And I didn't want to move any further and potentially hurt other people because of the shit that I was dealing with and I think that was more of my fear at first was generally has always been um who's this gonna affect and and that kept me from you know hurting myself more than I did and and making a lot of the moves was because I was, was like oh someone's gonna you know someone's gonna hurt that's gonna hurt their feelings or whatnot and when I met my husband we had a very um, we were best friends, uh, way before, and we had a kind of an open honesty pact about ourselves that we kind of laid our shit on the table, um, just as best friends. And we, he was the first person that knew any of the things that I was struggling with. And that told me in my sense, like that was the first time I ever felt like I could take a breath and be like, Oh my God, I don't want to hold that. Like the seek, the secrets, the pilings, like putting on the faces of everything being okay. Mm-hmm. And I think, so when I, he was the catalyst of, sh- in that moment of showing me that things could be different. Mm-hmm. I think that was the main thing. And I think that a lot of us go through so much with thinking it is the norm and this is never going to change. Um, and I think that's where um, unfortunately, you know, a lot of people will go through their life feeling, um, just kind of following the path, you know, um, and not realizing that there can be something different and available to you, um, beyond what you are experiencing. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that way. Um, for me, I just genuinely didn't know anything could be any different. I thought this was how it is. And, and I felt Uh, 90% sure that it was all my fault in every way. And then I was just like made wrong. And so that kind of was a, like a catalyst of uh, like a crack open door of like, Hmm, interesting. And, and so I started asking, allowing myself to ask questions um, at that point. And, (laughs) and that was in my, I'd say I was 23 or something maybe about that point. Um, and I started actually allowing myself in secret, not in public, but asking myself questions like, can I ask this? Can I, is this allowed to, to say these things or ask these questions or doubt about this being the right way? Um, and it kind of started putting, I don't know, like little feelers out there to kind of see what I could, uh, what could be different, how I could go about something 
and change it. And I think it put a little bit of a hope in me because it it kept me, I would still go into like parts of depression and, and whatnot um, periods, but um, I knew that I had felt something different mm-hmm. and I knew, and I think that's what it was, is I could go back to that moment and go, but it was different here, why? And that's when I started realizing like a lot of it is just um, opening up the protective doors on ourselves and being honest with somebody and having someone understand you um, on that level was something that removed, I don't know, so much of the shit enough so way you could see, you know, like, like you just have shit all over your face and you're just like peeling it off your eyes. Like, oh wait, <laughs> there's other stuff out here. That's kind of what it, it genuinely felt like that. And, um, and we, we were friends off and on for years, um, like for five or six years before we even, um, um, before I even started dating him, but it was a, it was a huge catalyst. And, and then one the, in those five years was a huge changing point in my life with things um uh being forced I don't know how to say that I was put I put myself in a lot of situations wanting change and from that um cracked me open more throughout my journey every place that I would go would go like oh I think this place has the answer and I felt like I was drawn to go that way and it was something that I usually didn't do I did not follow my intuition and things very much because um well because I was just following what I was told to do right Um, going on the road so when I started doing that um things started happening in like cracking open and in not a very good way so I I thought of it as being well this is shit and I obviously chose the wrong path and I can't even trust myself now so yay (laughs) and in reality it was like those it was like being put in those places so that it could crack off more of that exterior stuff that got me more and more angry and wanting something different it, it put me in like little pressure cooker kind of situations and um, getting out of those situations and on the other side of it, I was just like, I don't even know what to believe anymore. I don't know what's going on. I, I just, I need to find something different. And, uh, and so it was kind of like a series. I mean, there was so much, I could go on for hours. So if I ramble, please just <laughs> stop me because I'm a rambler, but um it really was like a culmination of a lot of things. The one common thing through all of it was that um, when I was younger, I very much severed um, parts of myself into little boxes Mm -hmm. and I did not feel um, seen and understood at all, at all, at all. Um, And so I kind of just became like the, the quiet, a wallflower kind of person. Um, If I talk to people, most of the time, adults were the only ones that I talked to, not kids. And I just kind of severed little pieces of myself and um, my sexuality and stuff was something that was just severed from the beginning because nobody talked about it. Nobody, you weren't allowed. I didn't even feel like I could touch myself and be okay. That it was like a very, very shameful thing. And, um, I even, I remember having a conversation with a friend who mentioned, uh, just having a shower and she had a loofah and, um, 
I didn't know what a loofah was because we just use soap in our hands. <laughs> I'm like, what is that? Um, and she's like, what's well, a loofah? You wash yourself. And I was like, oh. And she's like, well, what do you wash yourself? And I was like, my hands. And she's like, you just wash yourself with your hands? Like you just like touch yourself? I'm like, yes. Is it a bad thing? Right. Should I not be? And that was in high school. So <laughs> granted, maybe I was around the wrong people. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you know, we, we we only know what we know. And of course, if everybody in our little bubble kind of knows the same thing and we're just feeding off of and into each other constantly, like it, it like you said before, it's just what it is. This is normal. This is how life is is. And even though parts of it feel wrong and then we cut those parts off. Um when those are actually the parts are probably right, but we're not listening to them. Um, we, it, and I can, I can vividly envision that experience and being like, oh God. the one thing that I thought I was doing okay was bathing. And no, I can't even do like, that's wrong. Wow. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so I just had this, um, uh, this, <laughs> I had an obsession with bodies at the same time that I felt extreme shame over everything. So it caused that rift in me where everything felt shameful. And so then you carry those things of just, well, I'm just must be the dirtiest person in the world because I also liked to draw and whatnot growing up. And, uh, and I remember sneaking a, a, a drawing book that, and it had bodies in it and a drawing like body, human bodies and stuff. And, and I got ratted out, um, that I was doing it and made fun because she was drawing naked people, you know? And it's like, I just, can I just draw a person? Can I draw a boob? Because I like boobs and I think they're beautiful. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's, 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 it's obviously wonderful. like looking now at that situation from like a, some of the most famous, most prolific, brilliant artists of the world were drawn naked people, right? Yeah. Like, so your, your affinity to the beauty of the human being, the human body, we know now is extremely natural. If anything, it's, it's just a, a much deeper connection to self as a result. Um, but I'm 100% with you. Like everything having to do with like from my eyeballs down was kind of off limits mm. and then and, and that was it like the only thing that mattered kind of what was going on in your head but even then not not really because you know small quiet safe teeny tiny do yes. your job clean the things anyway sorry yeah I'm projecting no, no. now I'm projecting all my <laughs> my crap and my shame <laughs> no, it's like it does. It goes from those small things. And then, you know, your mind will take off and go in whatever direction it thinks then now, and now that's going to be your, your belief, your, you know, whatever you've been even slightly shown. And I was, the women in my life were very self-conscious and, um, uh, lots of dieting and lots of not comfortable with their bodies anyway. Uh, so it definitely, you know, adds up. I'm, you know, as children, we're, you know, even at a young age, we're, we're thinking about all the things we, we know all the things we're, we're, even my, my son does this and I can just see it behind his eyes. He's just thinking of all the million possibilities of what I'm talking about and all of it. And it's like, I know that's what I was doing and put together this view of that. Okay. Well, obviously, you know, um, this is bad. 
and I can't be looking at these. I can't be drawing these things. I shouldn't be touching myself, let alone looking at myself, um, you know, and it just created this, this, this thing of, you know, that's just how it was. And uh, we didn't, uh, I, unfortunately, I missed out on uh, sex ed in, in my, uh, this homeschooled. And then in this school, the school that I was in, I was taking economics at the time. So I did not actually, I remember, um, my husband and he's like, well, how, you know, cause I got married when I was 27 and I still didn't know really what was what, what was going on and, um, how everything quite worked because I was under the understanding that even drawing, like when, even when I was doing with drawing people, that was pretty much porn. So, because I was just drawing naked people and you can't be doing that. Well, so I didn't even, he's like, well, you've never like Googled something or anything like that. I was like, no, because I would like, somebody would know, yeah. you know, they would know. And I would, even if I binged, you know, what is this? I would be like, someone, my mom would check my computer, you know, or <laughs> something would happen. Something would happen. There'd be like a burning somewhere. There'd be yes. some kind of like implosive implosion, like a death. Yeah. Like it, it, it it's, it, the fear is clearly valid in the experience and fucking so irrational that we can't even yeah. see how irrational it is right like no. the world no, will end that, don't you know that's what will happen the world will end oh i know i lived alone like i'm, I'm freaking like you know 25 26 like what who's gonna come into my apartment and like who cares you know i mean i should be able to watch whatever movie or whatever thing or look up whatever or read a book i couldn't even go to the library and go down the the aisles that had you know sexual health on it was like oh my god someone's gonna see me here and I was I would just grab a book and run around the corner to like a safe section that I could like open and and then I'm like doing the look around the corner I mean that's pretty sad that's pretty sad that's how my mind though was like literally I was doing something so bad and evil and shameful Mm -hmm. that god forbid anybody see me and And, I mean it's I (laughs) It's definitely not sad in that it is all that you could do, right? It's all that there was available. And, and the, we both know that anything laden with any ounce of shame instantly becomes silent. And, mm-hmm. and you, um, when you think about it, when, whatever it is, you are a, a thousand percent alone on this like in Mm -hmm. in your mind right there's nobody else in the planet who's experiencing this because i am the only one who is this this bad i'm air quoting here for people who can't see yeah (laughs) um and and i'm i'm i can feel i have i don't have the same experience but i can feel that moment of like right and all of a sudden you develop eyeballs all over your body trying to see where where people are and what they might think and then your brain just starts going and yet there's still a draw there's still something pulling you in that direction and looking back now you know your brain's telling you it's because you know you're dirty you're bad or whatever the words are I don't want to put words there but no um, you're right (laughs) but but now I look at that and go that was the, the like that's your highest self that's mm-hmm. your, your most loving, your most attuned, your most aligned, your high vibe being who is like, you have a body. Yes. You're allowed to look at it. Yes. You're allowed to learn about it. Right. And, but of course it can't speak to you in that way because your inner critics too busy 
taken over the show mm -hmm. and and so it behaves through you mm -hmm. so t tell me a little bit more about you know as you started and whether it was through the the some of the friendship with your husband before he was your husband um and some of your own exploration and and curiosity but when did you start to like start taking steps towards um this idea that your sense of self-exploration was maybe an okay thing as opposed to being so deeply entrenched and entrained in shame. Mm. I think when I started, um, it was um, a couple years before I got married. It was after I got back from all the um, shithole camp that I kind of, I, I went to a couple, I went to a uh, really toxic um internship and a couple of things I had a year a couple of years that I didn't live here in the state and I lived in the south and I did some stuff over there and uh, um, when I got back from all that kind of crazy um, I was in that questioning and like kind of just contemplating things um, I didn't have a job at the time for a little bit and so I was just kind of left to just kind of think and um, one thing that just kept coming back to me was just that um that we have a body, we have bodies for a reason. And that here I am, I'm sitting here at like, at that time I was like 26 or 26 or 25 or 26. And, and um, my body having any type of, as, as it is, any type of hormonal responses and sexual responses and, and wants and desires was completely normal because that's who I am. That's a part of my being. And I, it kind of just like started entertaining the notion of like, if this is who I am, um, okay, then how do I marry this with what is going on? How do I figure out how this connects or does it not connect? Or do I have to sever that part of my life off? You know, I was a very much into like severing. <laughs> I'm a very much, I don't know why, I don't know why in my mind I felt it was very much black or white, like it very much like you either cut this off completely or you embrace this or you cut that off completely or you embrace this. And it was, that's just how we are raised, I feel like. And um, so in my mind, I was like, well, uh, I don't know how to do this. Like, I just don't know how to do this, like do both the things. Um, and uh, I was part of, well, I've been in uh, church, raised in church, whatever. And um, up until the shit in the South, um, I, I was a part of one. So I, it was very much ingrained. I don't even know how to tell you like so deeply into my brain, that stuff. So it, when I say like separation, that's where I was hitting the walls was that I don't know how to marry this because nobody in the church seems to have any kind of feeling at all right. um, regarding this. And I, there's no talking about it. There's just the... Um, you know, well, you meet a person and hopefully you'll get married before you, you know, go sleep around. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I was getting close to my thirties and I was a pretty horny individual. Let's just be real. Okay. Like you got, you got some feelings you got going on and you just cannot like, I, my mind was going like crazy. Um, and so I just started entertaining more of like, I don't know how I can sever this. Like, cause I, I, in my, in my mind, I'd failed at all the times of cutting that part of me off. So going forward was going to have to be different because otherwise it's just going to be one giant failure from here forward right. <laughs> of like shame, you know, constant. And, and when I entertained the idea of 
um, dating my husband who had asked me out for a million times um, in the time. Um, my thing that stopped me was that um, I was, well, I obviously was like super attracted to him, um, but he wasn't a, a Christian and he didn't go to our church and didn't anything like that. And I felt in every part of my being drawn to him. But I felt like if I went with him, I would have to sever off the church part then too. And I didn't know what to do about that because that was kind of like my, my identity, mm-hmm. you know, like I had made that part of me, even though I didn't really feel like it was part of me. Um, so it was a huge kind of step. And once I took that step and um, I remember like, I remember saying yes and going out on just one date. And it's been the first, it was the first date I'd had in like 11 years. Um, and I didn't even know what to do. I, we went to a coffee shop. It was nothing like crazy. <laughs> but I just remember a shift, like a shift because I had made a choice towards that part of me that had that longing, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to like word it any other than that. I felt like my body had been like you said, draw, trying to draw me back <clears throat> and recognizing that like, Hey, I'm here. You can't like, you need me, you need me and you can't, you, you know, it's not going to be good without me. And the more that I separated myself from that, the worse things seemed to get. And it did mentally for sure, but everything else as well. Um, and so once I made a shift in the direction of like following my intuition and like you know, I've been wanting to date this guy for years and I've held off because of this one thing. I'm just going to do it because what's going to happen? Am I going to die? You know, like I want to go on one date. It'll be okay. You know, I was terrified, but (laughs) I did it. And I felt this, like just a burden being lifted off. Like I can do things. And that sounds so silly to some people, I think, because it seems like the most simple thing to just make a decision for yourself but I just could not. I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust myself in any form, um, let alone making decisions because I felt like when I made decisions, everything went to shit. Mm-hmm. And, and so to make a decision revolving around like something that I was whole body wanted was very scary for me. And so once I did that, I felt like a shift in it. I knew that I could um, completely trust him. And so that was the one thing that I latched onto was that I didn't have to worry because I knew I would be safe. And, and so I just ran with it. And the minute I did that, um, things started just kind of unraveling and just kind of let go because I realized I could, like I had that option and all this, all these years, I didn't think I had an option of letting go of the shit. Like I was just carrying it around for years and years. And it was so fucking heavy, so heavy. And I mean, obviously heavy enough that I was like having depression and, and suicidal different periods through all, you know, it was heavy. I couldn't carry all that shit. And once I started like taking little steps towards what my whole soul wanted, intuition, everything, every part of me was vibrating towards that. That's what it wanted. And once I said, okay, fine, we'll just take it one step that way. It was just like, things just started shattering and like falling off. And I realized I was able to like, even see clear of like what I didn't need. 
and what I did want. And, and I can make choices and I'm a big girl. I can do this. And I felt like I was like this 12 year old and, you know, a 26 year old body. <laughs> and I just, I was like learning, literally learning all over. And so I feel like I was like the little baby foal <laughs> walking around <laughs> and, uh, and experimenting and like, okay, I can make decisions. Hey, you know what? I can choose where I want to eat. That's, I, I know that's a huge thing with women is that like, oh, they never know where they want to eat. I didn't feel like I could make the decision. I didn't know that I could, if I wanted to get a different car, I could get a different car. I didn't know that I could, you know, like do the things. Like if you want to buy the shirt, buy the shirt. Do you like the shirt? Just buy the shirt. Nobody's stopping you from buying the shirt. You know, it seems like, I don't know, silly, but it's real. It's real. So real. And I know, I guarantee, (laughs) I clearly don't know who's listening to this right now, but I guarantee (laughs) there is a whole bunch of heads going, oh my God, yes. The the conditioning and the, the... um, the environments that we are grow- that we grew up in, and whether it's inside a church or not, or just whatever the mm-hmm. environment is and the belief systems around that environment, and then add in the 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 overarching sort of um, you know country, state, mm-hmm. planet, all of that sort of idea around um, blocking the true essence and power of like feminine energy. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not talking just about women. I'm s- talking about that, that space of, of um, powerful sensuality and creativity and um, that, that knowing and the, the nurturing of self and others. And inside of that, having this strength to um, like, you know, both you and I are, are in a book club and um, women who run with the wolves and talking about that warrior energy that lives within us that is yeah. just so stifled for so long. And so I, I, I know, I, I know it's not just me that's agreeing with you. Right. So I'm, I'm keen to know how you went from this space of like, very crack the door, open a smidge, start to allow, start to say yes to yourself, start to believe and trust yourself through what sounds like through the trust you had with your partner that allowed you to build a more trusting relationship with you, which I think is a really um, beautiful thing. How did you get to the space where now you are a sexual health advocate and you are helping to empower women to um, explore and love and be with every ounce of their being um so okay so one thing before we go in I had very much felt that um through my whatever journey thing um in severing off like I said that kind of like um feeling soul sexual feminine self um I threw out anything that feminine as well and so I very much had a very um not good relation like with thinking about anything feminine to me it equaled weakness and um emotion which I hated my emotion because I was extremely emotional I still am emotional that's just who I am but um I saw it as this huge negative thing um and so I would try to do anything I could on the opposite so when um my husband and I got married um I wanted 
it was more of like wanting to figure out this whole sex thing. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, sex was good. That was great. It was more of like a puzzle kind of thing too. Cause then like, I, okay. It's just, it's just my thing, but I like to, I like to be, I love thing. I love learning. I love learning. I will. And we've talked about this. I'll have like yeah. books on something. And so I get in a relationship. I'm thinking, yeah, sex after 30 years, you know, I'm like super excited. I want to be as proficient as possible. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like all the ways that like, cause I was starting from scratch. I didn't know anything and everything I knew was just what I was learning from him. And, and so it, I realized that um, through trial and error, <laughs> that my my enjoyment and my I had to let that part of me back in. Um, it was it even though I had made that step to um, change and stuff, I still wasn't. I still balked at like the the feminine part of that and the sensual side. And so like, I didn't know what to do and I was completely disconnected from my body. So then yes, the sex was good, but it was still disjointed because, um, I still felt like an out of body experience with it. Like I was not, I was looking in kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it was kind of sparked a trying to figure out how I can reconnect back with me to where I can feel things because I do have um I do have a sensory <laughs> uh perception like kind of issue with the touching sometimes mm-hmm. um touching can hurt especially on my arms and like my um my thighs and stuff and I don't like to be super close to people um and so I, I had a couple hurdles of like figuring out, okay, this is my body. Um, you know, at first it was a pissed at my body. Um, and then it went into like learning why my body is the way that it is. Like, how can we, how can we make this work? Because obviously I was made this way for a reason and I can totally work with this. I just got to actually put effort into it. Like I do other things. And I think that was where it was realized, like, you know, you can do that, right? Again, like if I want to go learn a language or something, I'm going to go buy books and go do stuff. And as far as getting in tune with my body and sex and how to pleasure works and how it works in the brain or my body, I did the same thing. I got um, as many books as I physically <laughs> I had, constant, constant books um reading stuff and trying to figure things out and um so it wasn't an overnight like journey it was a kind of figuring out through our marriage um what worked and what didn't work and when I say like we had a very we open honest policy that is still something that that never left that's always been um so even in anything involving sex we're very open about it and I think that's how it should be um I it leaves literally no questions um we just if there's something like you see someone off you're like okay that was kind of weird that was a little bit off like I don't know if it was me or you know and we we very much hash it out so that we have everything all the cards on the table because I think that when you don't you instantly invite um like doubt 
resentment, weird things, questions, and then it's the weird, our mind will just take over. You know, I don't even need to, I just had to plant one thought. Woo! Yeah. So <laughs> I tried to, we, we both, it's very much open, like, Hey, this doesn't really work, or this is actually better. Let's do this like this, or, you know, and it seems kind of, I don't know, in my mind, it seems like a very practical thing, but I know a lot of people don't do it. Um, So over the course of years, and then also having two kids um, and dealing with sex with involving pregnancy and after pregnancy, that was a whole nother write a book about kind of thing. (laughs) Nobody, again, nobody talks about that shit either. Right. (laughs) That's not in the what to expect books. Um, But it was very much a um, tapping into myself, like just a, a spending time with myself. I don't know how to explain it any more than literally like if you have to lay on a bed by yourself and just allow yourself to touch yourself was a huge thing. And uh, for going for all those years of feeling so much shame with it, it did take me a long time rather than, you know, I don't want to be the stiff board in sex, you know, where I'm just laying there like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm having fun, I swear. <laughs> and I don't know what to do, you know, because I don't know touching. Oh, should I touch myself? Can I touch myself? Is it weird? I don't know. Um, and so I had to kind of go through a journey of like, of just literally sometimes just laying on the bed and just allowing myself even just to, to touch my breasts or touch my, or rub my hands or my thighs. Just, it doesn't even, didn't even have to be like super sexual kind of touching. It was just allowing myself to touch my body and, and look at my body, being able to look in the mirror. Um, if you, if you haven't done that, um, I have a, who is it that does it? Oh my God. I can't remember her name has the book pussy. Um, it's, it was so good. She talks about, um, if you haven't ever taken a hand mirror and looked at yourself and actually looked at your vulva and your vagina, have you ever done that? Like, have you ever seen like how beautiful you are? Do you, do you realize that it's okay to look. And that was a huge thing for me. It was like, again, like just kind of stepping through those things of where those minefields of thinking that it was something wrong and shameful. And then realizing that I needed to reconnect to myself, whether it was just allowing myself to touch myself, because if the huge key here is if I don't know what pleasure is for me, how is my partner going to know? How is he going to know if I can't, I can't direct him because God knows I don't know what feels good either. So you have to be able to know what you like before you can even bring your partner into this in any way, because they're going to be just doing the best they can bless them. And we're going to be like, I don't know, you know, there's a lot of things that I don't like. I, I, now I know before I didn't, and I would just tolerate, you know, and then that that makes it to where you're like, well, this just isn't, you know, is this really what I want? Is this, you know, it starts all the, the mind games, the mind vibes. You know what? And so. I, I want to keep going with this hundred percent. This made me think about, um, you know, so many women and so, you know, the women I work with specifically in my coaching practice, it's, it's about figuring out how to be happy and, and like what, brings them joy. And so, you know, the first question I always ask them is, is like, well, what do you want? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. Well, what do you do that makes you happy that doesn't involve other people? And they go, oh, well, if it doesn't involve other people, I don't know how to give you an answer because my life has always been about if they're happy, I'm happy. So in the same way, when it comes to, you know, a sexual relationship, so many women 
under the mindset, if they're happy, I'm happy. Then so as long as they seem happy, then I should be happy. And we live, like you said, no, no, I'm having a great time only because you're having a great time. And my brain's telling me that that's my job. Like that's my purpose here is whatever this is. Yes. And the, the, the goal for, for in my, in my world, like this is my mission is to help people recognize what brings you joy, do more of that, and then show up to the relationship, whatever that is. And be yeah. like, I, I was happy first. I didn't need you. I, I'm inviting you in. I love you. I want this. This is all more joy to my joy, but I don't, you're not, you're not giving me the happiness. I'm not going out trying to find it somewhere else. So in the yeah. same, that's how I'm envisioning, right? So understanding your own body and what you actually enjoy and are willing to maybe explore more of it. Like, yeah, okay, let's mm -hmm. go that direction. That seems to be working and, 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 yeah. and communicating that. So it's not that you, you know, their, their happiness is not where your happiness comes from. You, in that intimate relationship of, of like intimacy and, and connection um, and, and it, it enhances what you're already bringing to the table, right? Who you, and your energy that you're, I say table, it could be a table, it could be a bed, really doesn't matter where you, you Wherever you want. You want. You. <laughs> <laughs> but, and so I love that that was something that you had just uh, brought up because it's, I think it's, it's a really powerful um, reality and metaphor for the whole experience of what it means to be happy as a woman in this world today. Yes. Yes. I think too, where, you know, we go into so many codependent kind of relationships because we just, we're just clinging to somebody for life because we don't know what to do and it can be okay in the beginning, but you can't leave things that way. Um, I, cause I could honestly say that I was very much like that in the beginning with my husband. Um, cause I just, I was clinging to him like a lifeboat. Like I was like, I don't know how to do this. I'm going to drown. I'm pretty sure. Um, but I made sure that I didn't stay there. Um, because it's a, it's a weight on then your partner as well. And is when you're in a relationship is especially in the sexual, you're going to, if you are putting everything on them, they're going to feel it. They're going to know that you're not, you may think that they can't tell that you're not into it, <laughs> but they know that you're not into it. Right. Okay. So the universal thing I think that's attractive for people, I think is confidence, whether it's in friends, people, whatever, you just get attracted to, you know, it's magnetic. And I think that's the same way is when you have a confidence in yourself and your body, you know what you want and you know what you're bringing to the table, then that releases your partner to be able to just enjoy and be themselves as well. And it's, it's critical. It's like, it's critical. I think for you want that incredible, bedroom life that's what you need to be pushing for is is how can I pleasure myself first and learn myself before I can make this because it'll be explosive if otherwise it's it's going to be amazing but you you have to be able to go hey you know and I think too that comes from there's so much stigma around um, self-masturbation and touching yourself in general that it's like a porn thing and whatnot but if you genuinely just look at it from the perspective of how are you doing this if you don't know yourself how in any other situation you wouldn't do this if you weren't trained to drive a car you wouldn't drive a car if you weren't you know like there's so many you cannot just say like oh it'll be fine 
even though I have no idea what I'm doing. I saw a diagram in a book once and we're just going to go, you know, well, there's a lot more than just the physical in sex, you know, like right. we're spiritual, like uh, beings. We, there's a lot of connecting and soul connecting and, and just in the relationship itself, you have to be able to lock into that. Otherwise it's going to trickle into every other part of your relationship. Mm-hmm. every other part and that is just gonna you're just gonna feel a weight and it like I said it can open up so many like doubt issues and resentment and things because it's like well he just never he never listens to me or he never knows what I really want have you told right. him right I've told your partner what you really want do they even know you know because sometimes we don't even know what we want how are they supposed to read our minds they just get chaos and buzzing because we don't know but <laughs> it'd be like one of those static tvs <laughs> you know but <laughs> it's so true like it's it's a huge it's a huge deal and I think that when I hear I'll hear things or be told from other um, women that I work with about issues or struggles they're dealing with a lot of it comes down to either open communication and honesty with their partner flat out it doesn't matter if it's embarrassing it doesn't matter if it makes you uncomfortable if you can't be honest with that person then you don't have a level of trust there either and then that's not it's not really safe in that sense either oh why do it and I think you bring up a really valid point about trust again you had mentioned it earlier and it's I think it's it's like the root it's there's a root of so many things you want to enhance um, the relationship. You want to enhance the experience. Trust has to exist with you and the other individual. And in order for it to truly manifest, you have to trust yourself. And so going back to taking that time to learn about you and to explore and experiment and understand, yes. it's, it's also fortifying that trusting relationship you have within so, you know, you can rely on yourself to show up for yourself, right? You, you know what your boundaries are and are, are able to communicate those, of course, because resentment exists when boundaries don't. And so if you're not understanding your own being physically, emotionally, spiritually, then what you bring is a recipe for resentment because yes. you're, you're asking someone without asking, hey, fill this gap in my life. That was a really bad example. So true though. (laughs) (laughs) Can you please offer me this level of enjoyment? I'm looking to you to make that happen, but I'm giving Mm -hmm. you zero direction, zero boundaries, zero understanding, zero, zero, zero. And then when you don't, shocker, um, I will be resentful, not only because you didn't provide for me, but you got happy and I didn't. And now I'm just supposed to be happy because you're, and it it goes back to that, to the shame. Right. So now I feel ashamed that I can't just be happy because that's what I'm supposed to like. Fuck, fuck, fucky, fuck, fuck, fuck. Yes. I don't know where my children are right now, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, Oh, okay. So Sheila, so how do you take this knowledge now? And okay. We just have to pause and talk about books for a hard minute because you and I had some really great conversations about the book stacks, the constant reading, the Mm -hmm. multiple books, how Mm -hmm. to continue to maintain that intellectual and spiritual stimulation through multiple sources. So Mm -hmm. I know when you said you went and learned, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like with one or two books, like you went out and did like the research and what I can only envision is in multiple sort of modalities of, of sexual health and spiritual health. And I know from chats with you that 
you know, you, you look at the experience and as, as the being in on many levels. So mm-hmm. how do you take that information now and share it with women in a way that they can then start to do some of this work for themselves? Usually the first thing I'll say is that, um, is I give them permission mm-hmm. <laughs> that you can, yeah. you are allowed to do this. It's okay. Um, if you want to blame me, that's fine. Blame me and then, and then go buy some books. You know, it's okay to get some stuff, go read some literature. There's a lot of good books out there of women that are, I mean, everything from <clears throat> knowing your anatomy to understanding pleasure to how it works in the brain. Um, uh, there's, I have ones on uh, sexual health after cancer, after abuse. You, There's never, I don't think a bad thing to learn about um, as far as going forward. And then um, I encourage them to either get a little, um, you can use anything you have, but I would say get a little bowl of vibrator and you lay on your bed and you just, you close your eyes and you can invite your partner to do this, but you just, you just go all over your body. You start on your face, your neck, and you, I want them to just record in their mind what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And if you invite your partner into it, then they could do it for you while you close your eyes and in a very just learning experience way. It doesn't have to turn into this huge sexual thing right off right off the bat. You know, whatever you want to do, you can. But for for real though, to start off is just a being honest and just being like, I don't know what I like. So I want to do an experiment and really dive into that, that it's okay to find because one, if you do have a partner and you're doing that, then you're inviting them into the process of you being vulnerable and saying like, look, I don't know what I want, but I want to learn and I want to be better and and figure this out. Um, Then they're able to, you know, have that, I don't know, back and forth with you and create that kind of a bond and trust and whatnot. If it's just you, then just, just do it, have fun. And just really, I, I mean, take notes. You can take notes. It's okay. Have a journal and just write down, you know what? I don't like this. Like some women like touching their, like on their inner thighs and their thighs in general. I can't stand it. I hate it. Don't touch me there. I will smack you, you know? (laughs) how would I have known if I hadn't, you know, experimented in that way? You have to kind of know. And I just encourage women to do that. You take 10 minutes. It's not a big deal. Light some candles after you have a bath or something and just do a body exploration of what you like, what feels good. What are the sensations? Because when you go into an experience with your partner, you should be focusing on what you're feeling in the moment, not what they are doing what they are feeling what you're doing to them it should literally be what do I feel when this is happening and you're tying it's that whole science you're tying those like neurotransmitter things you know are sparking and everything's like ooh, and you need to be able to tie it to said experience and then it's it literally can't you can retrain your brain (laughs) if you're struggling with it and you have that um women you know we have the thinking of the grocery list and all the 15 million things we got to do in the time that we're trying to have an intimate moment and it doesn't work. You have to be able to get yourself out. And so exploring through yourself and recognizing your pleasure centers and knowing can help you in those moments to tune out the rest of the shit too. 
and really just be able to focus and go like, okay, no, I feel that I'm in this moment right here because being present in that moment will make like a huge difference. It's a, it's a experiment. It's a science experiment. Basically, you're going to have to take a step though. <laughs> you can't Love just it. read the books for, I'm not <laughs> Right. Because there's two elements to true learning and there's the academic and then there's the experiential. Like you can't, yes. you can't get all the way with just one. It's like that whole, you know, um, that yeah, I stated at Howard Johnson and all of a sudden I'm a, I'm a surgeon. The whole idea of like, you can't just read this. You can't just be somewhere. Like you have to have to really do all of the pieces. Yes. So do you have a community, a place where women um, can come together? Do you have uh, ways to work with you? How is it that someone could come and tap into your knowledge? Because I also know you and I, we love the books, but not everybody has the time, the energy or the desire to read as much as we have. And they're all, and they're looking to us, to you specifically for this to help them guide, like move through all of this to get to what they need. So how can they get that from you? Um, I do have like an Instagram and a Facebook um, group. Uh, they're um, the Facebook, you'd have to find me on Facebook or I can get the link or whatever. It's a 18 and older mm -hmm. um, group that I created. Um, and it's uh, just a safe space for, to be able to um, ask questions, communicate, or know, basically kind of just open the door that, um, you know, people can message me and ask questions or I post things on there. And then I also um, sell products to help with along the journey of whatever exploration or what you want to do. Um, but definitely my door is always open and, and for people to just reach out with questions and, and whatnot. Um, and it's usually through Facebook Messenger and whatnot. So that's awesome. Um, and the safe space is crucial. And I'm so grateful that you've created that. And I love that you have this, this opportunity where people can get the resources they need, because as far as the knowledge and the background, I'm sure you have plenty that you can share. And then um, so that they don't have to continue to start looking all over the place to get, you know, if you want the little um, small mini vibrator, then to do the first experiment, if you don't really know where to go, then this is a great opportunity to, to build a relationship with someone who has this knowledge, who has this deep awareness and understanding of um, the, the journey from shame to full-on sexual celebration. Mm -hmm. and, and so I, I'm so grateful for you and your community and everything that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Now, <laughs> Sheila, before we hop off, is there anything else you would like to share or anything you want to leave our listeners with today? Uh, I think the main thing is just that really open yourself to the possibility that um, there are possibilities. <laughs> you, there's so much more beyond um, what you're probably living your life at. And I think that we live in a very tunnel vision kind of way and just broaden the perspective more to realize that um, there are more than one ways to get where we want to go. And there's a lot more enjoyable ways <laughs> and, uh, and just allow yourself to make those decisions, those choices. And if you want to see a difference, um, put in the work, you know, really, you're going to have to really kind of go out there on a limb sometimes. And, um, but it's worth it. It really is worth it. And, uh, I can't say that I've ever had a negative <laughs> experience in that way as far as just taking the step and going for it you'll you're going to better your life for it it's going to be worth it so. and I love that you said you would 
ended with you haven't had a negative experience because the reality is there's lots of moments that don't feel great and yes. then when you move through them you go oh that okay I'm connect I can connect those dots and in the same I think it's so true that this tunnel vision idea this mm. way that people live me uh, definitely included in that because we start to believe that this is what we have and that's what life is all about and so when things happen that seem crappy we can just be like well this is my lot in life now this is it this is this is what I get and Murphy's law or whatever so Murphy's law works in both directions by the way so when things go shitty and Murphy's law says things will always go shitty but when things when you decide that things are moving forward or you see that there's greatness within it you will always see the greatness within it yes the changes perspective yeah yes yes <laughs> reprogram that brain fabulous <laughs> yes. awesome 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 thank you so much sheila for your time today i truly appreciate you and your goddess energy and everything about what you're doing on this planet oh, thank, thank you. you thanks for tuning in hope you enjoyed the show join dion again next week to learn more about what you can do to go from hot mess to awesomeness.